Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as a community of inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. Today, today we're talking about pursuing your passion with the wonderful and always inspiring Susie York. As we're celebrating Women's History Month, it's one of our favorite times of the years. Our theme across all of our programming with Revolution Her this month is passion and purpose, including our very exciting upcoming International Women's Day event with Dolly Parton and James Patterson. We are so excited about this. I don't know how we've done it, but we have, and we hope that you can join us. So if you uh, would like to join us, you can register on our website, which is revolutionher.com. So to celebrate this month, we have some incredible guests lined up for you. Uh, we have women who have found their unique voice and dedicated to align, align in their why to, for their pursuits, for their purpose. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling today. <laughs> Anyway, we are excited to start the celebration of this month with Susie. Oh my gosh. So let me tell you a little bit about this incredible woman. She's a mom of four kids, 11-time Ironman competitor and yoga enthusiast. Susie spent years adhering to a low-fat diet only for her health to hit a wall in her mid-40s. After reading um, the best-selling book, Big Fat Surprise, she immediately shifted to a high-fat, low-carb diet and started to feel better within a few weeks. While she loved the benefits of her new lifestyle, Susie found it challenging to find convenient, good fat snacks, and she saw a gap in the marketplace, a huge opportunity to help others through food. Susie developed Love Good Fats, a company that produces low sugar foods loaded with good fats. Susie led the launch and expansion of Love Good Fats to exceed $100 million in gross revenue in just three years, making it one of the fastest growing bar brands in North America. As a 25-year veteran of the consumer packaged goods industry, Susie's worked at companies such as Procter & Gamble, PepsiCo, Kraft, Kraft Heinz, and Weight Watchers prior to creating her own rocket ship success story brand at the age of 50. Using her accomplished marketing background, personal journey, and deep devotion and passion for health, Susie is on a mission to spread the word that fat is back and sugar is out. Please help me welcome the incredible Susie York. Hi, Susie. Yay. Hello, hello, hello. So thank you for such a warm and wonderful um, introduction. I'm blushing. Oh, oh, we're so excited so to have you today. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. We have so much to talk about, and we're excited for our listeners to learn more about you. We've loved you for so long, and you know we want to make sure our listeners get to see the side of you that we always get to see. So thank you for being here today. Well, I'm thrilled, and certainly uh, back in 2017, uh, the Mumpreneur award I, award I got was the first, first ever, and I can't tell you how thrilled I was. I remember, you Aww. know, being nominated, and then 
going on social media and, you know, <laughs> hey, vote for me, vote for me. And then uh, it really made a huge difference, you know, when you're starting up um, to have, you know, a nomination that I didn't even know these things existed. And then to realize people voted for me and I was like, we're just starting yeah. out. There's just a little company on the dining room table. Um, but these, 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 this award in particular made a huge difference in terms of, you know, the momentum you kind of need and the energy you kind of need when, when you're, you know, at your dining room table, like most startups and, and just kind of, you know, working it and it's, it's hard, it's lonely, it's scary. You have issues every day to solve (laughs) and you, some days you're not sure how you'll get through it. So I'm just so, so very grateful um, for what, for, for this first award and your support. So I will always have time for you guys. Thank you, Susie. You you know, you think back to then, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but look how much happened in five years. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, because I remember the first iteration of the bars, you know, I, I remember they were they were Susie's good fats back yep. then, right? Um, so we've seen the evolution that you've gone through too. And it's just been really exciting for us to watch all your success. It's it's so cool. So I, I want to start with the very early days because getting this idea, you know, we just talked about the fact that you worked in corporate. What was it like to get the idea that, you know, something made you feel better and now I want to bring it to the masses? What risks did you take to make all of that happen? Yeah. When I look back now, I kind of think I must have been crazy. Like I was turning 50. Nikki, my eldest daughter, was uh, going, moving to, got got into McGill. So she was moving out of the house. So the house was going to be empty. I was single mom back then. So I just had uh, my son part-time. So, you know, big change. Um, and, uh, and I had a paycheck, you know, for 20 years. I've been doing consulting for two or three years. So I was kind of used to not necessarily having the regular paycheck, but I'm still, you know, I'm 50. I have two kids to get through university, uh, mortgage still to pay. Uh, you know, even though I had a decent career as a, a VP of marketing, you know, it it's it's not easy to make ends meet um, in Toronto and just overall. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I think it just kind of <laughs> happened where I was doing consulting and every day I would wake up and I'm like, I'm not a consultant. I'm just doing this part time. Right. So it's kind of like I had 30 years, 30 years in my head of like, well, you know, I'm not really a consultant. I always wanted to stay in 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 the in the seat. Yeah. And in the line of work I, mm-hmm. I started in marketing, you can be, you know, at the at at the at at the brand's uh, job or you can be at an agency or you can be a consultant. Those were kind of like the three buckets that when you go to business school and you start in business and I was always like, no, no, you know, I'll never kind of go and con- consult and do strategy. I'll always kind and, and not, you know, set up for agencies. That's not my thing, but I'll be, um, you know, always kind of leading the brand. So it just kind of happened where like my inner voice was kind of saying, well, you know, I like, I don't want to be doing consulting until I'm 70. So this is just, in the meantime, while I find the next big thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it was literally that my inner voice. And then I, I had for, for like many of us for 30 years, I kind of heard what well, I've been talking about starting a brand, uh, starting a business for, for so many years. And I heard the three barriers that we've all heard, um, you know, you need time. Uh, so if you're a busy young mom with young kids, no, 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 you know, that's changed, mm. but that's what we all heard, right? You need time, you need money. 
of course you you need money and then uh, you need a big idea you need something right so right. i had the perfect three excuses to not start anything for the longest time but now i was finding myself with you know consulting other amazing ceos and then i'm spending you know i'm their right hand and i think i did that for six or seven of them and and then i'm like whoa wait a minute i can do this right like i'm just realizing by living breathing being by their their side but then i still didn't have necessarily the money or the idea once i read the book and i'm walking the show in anaheim the big natural product uh global show there i'm i'm like wow wait a minute like maybe i can do this and then I, you know it really just started as a marketer I read the book and I'm like, okay, there's going to be 10 other books, which there were, right? Dr. Hyman wrote a book, Marcola, right. everyone wrote books immediately after the big fat surprise from Nina Teicholz. So then I'm like, well, I don't need to write a book. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. So what can I do as a marketer? Well, I can, I can help accelerate this trend of getting the message out by, build, by just launching a brand. Because mm -hmm. we all know that the gluten-free trend, the protein trend, the plant-based trends, they've all been Atkins, they've right. all been South Beach, they've all been accelerated by having, you know, hundreds of SKUs on the shelf, including the bad trend, low fat, fat free, the, you know, little green logo that I was chasing in the grocery store everywhere to put in my cart. Mm. That's, you know, that has a massive, the store and the SKUs and the brands in the stores have a massive impact on mm. changing consumer behavior. So now I wanted to change it for the message I wanted to get out there, which is the opposite of the, 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 the misinformation in the 90s and 2000 around fats are bad, you should buy low fat products. I wanted to get the opposite message. So of course, I had to have the word fat in the brand name. Mm -hmm. And five years ago, that was a bold statement. And that was real. That's a, you're going against yeah. everything that everybody has yeah. learned. Yeah. And I'm a purist in terms of a brand builder. I learned at P&G and PepsiCo, and you do consumer research, you do your brand positioning, your brand positioning is your foundation, and we can do a whole session on, on brand positioning. Um, but they're, they're, you're, what your brand is all about, anchored in your brand positioning, you optimize it through consumer research concept optimization validation. So you you optimize, optimize, optimize your brand positioning, which is your packaging, your your benefit, your your insight. And 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 uh, I was so I did three, four, five rounds of research, and it was always coming back that you know the name, and I had different variations of the Good Fat Company, Good Fat, uh, Fats Love, Love Fats. Like I had a whole range of fat weird weird names now that I'm still shaking my head that I even bothered <laughs> to test. But 22% of the dislikes were on the name, so we had you know you'd read every comment yeah. right in the in the open ends and. The comments would be like, oh, I don't know if I would put, you know, something with the word fats back then. It was uh, fat, fat and fats in my grocery cart. But, you know, like everything with research as a marketer, you, you know that there's science and then there's the art and then there's your instinct and your gut. And you, you kind of have to weave through that. And I was like, yep, I, there's tension in the name. And I was confident that the trend would accelerate. In terms of, you know, front page of 
every newspaper and article and new and magazine back then there was either you know cheese or bacon or eggs like yes. you, you meat you, like you you kind of as a marketer i knew like it the trend is you know, i was doing google uh, tracking google trends like now i didn't know that keto would just go berserk and and go through the roof but i knew that the trend of good fats and and moving away from fat free processed you know, stuff that's really bad for you. Uh, I knew that that would just continue. So that would carry us. So I followed my gut. I said, okay, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick with a name. And then, you know, we could have a whole podcast on trademarks because the Canadian and US trademark, that's all oh, gosh. itself. Yeah. Yes. So, but so, you know, so that's kind of how it started. I, I walked the show. I went back to the hotel. I was Googling names with fats within the USPTO trademark office. I was learning my way how to do that. Didn't even know how to do that. And then I came back on the flight back. I was like, okay, so there's no one that has like a fats, good fats brand or great fats brand or healthy fats brand. There's a lot of fat at the show. You know, there was, mm. there was um, uh, tons and tons of uh, uh, like there was meat that was coming back, higher fat milk. Uh, products was everywhere and butters were everywhere, like everywhere. So I was like, okay, you know, there's an undercurrent here. Um, And that was enough. You know, I did the all then did consumer work, optimize, had my deck kept up to up, up, uh, improving my deck. And then I would just sit down with people I really kind of valued and said, Hey, you know, we haven't kind of seen each other in 10 years, but I have like a big idea, I think. And can I get your input? And I, I, yeah, I met with like probably a hundred, like, you know, um, like networking, just, Hey, can I get wow. you help? I'm looking for this. I'm look- and then it, then it became like, I'm looking for, you know, a law firm. I'm looking for a trademark lawyer. I'm looking for a co-man. I'm looking for a research lab. I'm looking for a kitchen lab. And wow. I was just, you know, for those who followed me back then, I was just really just on, on LinkedIn. And I was like, Hey, help, you know, <laughs> does anyone know this? Like, and I had like 400 followers. And then it's incredible though, Susie, yeah. like, I mean, but you think about that and were you working during all that time too? Like mm-hmm. a, that just, that's a full-time job you just described, yeah. you know? Well, it starts, you know, it starts, I think like many, many people, like I had contracts uh, full-time and then, and I've always been, you know, up at five, I work, you know, for those who know me or have worked with me, I work through weekends and I like, I love, love, love work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when whatever I was doing, marketing adult diapers, marketing chips, Weight Watchers, I always have loved the brands I've worked on. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I get a lot of satisfaction from solving problems. I'm a trained engineer and that's my how my brain works. So, um so when I was doing contracts, it was perfect because I had, you know, I was always overstimulated. I had like two, three, four clients part-time, like, you know, retained mm-hmm. uh, VP marketing. And then I was spending more and more time on this. And then it just became like a shift where it's like, oh, yikes, you know, I like I have 40 billable hours <laughs> and like, yikes, right? So then I had to let one contract go one after the other. So it went in phases, but I kind of went from more more than full-time to full-time contracts, full-time. And then it's like, yikes, half-time. And I was looking for, I was looking for a partner and it was really hard 
like I, w- I wanted to have someone because I felt insecure about doing this by myself. So I said, like, I'll do better with a partner. I'd work for a couple of CEOs that had, you know, partners and mm-hmm. like I wanted partners and all the advice I was getting is like, nope, nope, don't go for a partner. <laughs> Everyone had horror stories and, you know, shotgun clauses and blah, blah, blah. No one said find a partner. They all said, ooh, be careful. <laughs> but I, I didn't find, you know, it's kind of hard to find two people at us that, that will complement each other. So I yeah. had, you know, marketing and PL and pricing and very strong in analytics and PLs and all the consumer stuff to find someone that'll complement that. And then that also wants to cut their income first in half and then by, you know, 75% and then by 100% mm-hmm. at this age, right? Like, yeah. so, and I didn't have younger contacts necessarily. Now, like there's a lot of young entrepreneurs that, that do this, but for yes. me, it was, it was like, okay, like, how do I find, so I, I wasn't able to, I kind of spend some time with, with some potential and just kind of wind up that the the machine took off, the brand took off and I didn't have a partner. So the incorporation was just me. And then I wow. started spending money and it was just me. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, okay, well I have this company. That's just me without a partner and a lot of advisors, but yeah. So it just all kind of happened that way. And I think for a lot, it, you know, a lot of uh, startups that are in this space, Canada and the US, they start the same thing, right? Like yeah. they they have a little bit of income over here, they have this thing here, and then maybe they have another startup often, and then they start spending time on this other one. And then when one takes off, then you, you know, you kind of shift you gears. Make it but work. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's you know, it's like you're juggling, you're juggling a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, and fine. on top of that, you mentioned, right, that you were a single mom. Okay, I need to I can distinctly remember you standing on our stage and telling the story about um, where the funds came from to get oh, you started. Yeah. Can you share that? Because it's one oh of my- yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Like I was crazy. So the so you know I had an income. I'd saved a little bit of money to to put aside a little bit of money, and I hadn't put it into our ESPs yet, and I hadn't paid down. I still had you know whatever it was three hundred thousand mortgage, so not insignificant, and. Uh, and but I had uh, I had kind of money saved aside for uh, for uh, our RSPs and for our ESPs for my kids yeah. my two kids university funds, so I spent all that money. <laughs> I was spending, oh my goodness, yeah. So just to, to start up, like it's crazy. So first I was taking my income to like half, and then second I had to spend money because I had to you know at first. You know, someone has to pay for packaging. Someone have has sure to pay. There's a lot of outgoings when you yeah. first start out. Yeah, yeah. all those like, lawyers, trademarks. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy because it's on your personal credit card. So you know, like when if you've been kind of like single mom for ten years, you know, every month you pay your credit card, right? Then you yeah. you have a budget and you kind of know, okay, like this. Oh, this month I'm five hundred higher on my credit card. Ouch, right? <laughs> I was like 8,000 higher. And then I was 15,000 higher. (laughs) It was like, oh my God, right? Like it's no longer, you know, I've overspent my food budget by $220. Like it was like big amounts, huge chunks. Um, But that's what, you know, you kind of have, you have a budget and I had a certain budget set and I wasn't going to go beyond that budget. It was, it's pretty high. Like, unfortunately in bars, and I knew this from day one, in bars, I had a few people who said, oh, you know, go and spend 15000 right? Like, just go and do mm-hmm. a small little run, buy a little bit of labels, a little bit of ingredients. The reality is in bars, it's 
it's nearly impossible to do that. There was uh, one little cricket brand that I met in Montreal that wind up doing that. And I was like, well, and I was, you know, <laughs> I was told that can be done, but they were selling their bars for four fifty a bar. Wow. Right? So in this business that I'm in, in food, in bars, it's really hard to launch with less than say half a million because the minimum production of any of the co-packers in North America, the, the 30 that can make bars uh, fairly easy, they need 100,000 bars. So two flavors, usually it's three. So three wow. flavors is what you should launch at. We launched two because I didn't have enough money, but we knew that was risky. Three flavors at 100,000, let's say, call it 90 cents a bar, right? When you're launching, mm -hmm. like you need that, boom. And yeah. your packaging, you can't just buy 100,000 uh, wrappers, like you can buy the boxes, but you, you kind of have to buy half a million or you're paying the wrappers 10 times yes. the price. Oh my gosh. Most people would have yeah. run by now. Yeah. And you're still so, committed. <laughs> yeah. So for bars, I knew, and that's why like everyone I met were like, whoa, bars, that's a tough category. I heard that 200 times. And then when I would say, you know, we're launching in the U S then it would be like, oh, that's even tougher. <laughs> Right, because yeah. Tim Hortons failed, Jameson failed, Cold Effects failed, like Cold Effects, like I mean, the list of big Canadian brands that have gone to the U.S. and have you know not stayed, not made it, is long, mm -hmm. and and you know it's big brands. So, wow. so it just you know, but every startup is different. Now I have about twenty CEO friends that um, I'm hoping to spend way more time with and help or be part of a networking group. And not everyone has to, you know, to put, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand just to kind of get your first production. Because yeah. there's other categories where you can do little pouches and but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that, you know, some are buying equipment too. Yeah. Um, it, it's not cheap. So you everyone has to figure out their way. Thankfully, it's really, 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 really hard in Canada to start a brand, a food brand. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, you, that's yeah. yeah. That's incredible. I'm going to jump in there because yep. that's yeah. There's there's so much there that you had to overcome. So many mm -hmm. challenges that you can't that that were blocking you at every step. So I guess it's if if you knew then what you knew now, would you have done it? And also for those people that are maybe looking to do a transition, like how would you guide them if they're if they're transitioning, whether it's from the corporate to uh, to becoming an entrepreneur, or just in terms of looking to change direction in their own career? What tips? What would well, be first, your, your yeah. three tips? Yeah, so that that's the most important for sure. For the first tip is, I would say for sure do it. Like yeah. just absolutely do it. I've now kind of run into like five hundred or a thousand personal stories of women who have pivoted and changed careers. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, and that's the tip number one, which means like start right. Like yeah. for me, I procrastinated for thirty years. It kind of worked out because the world wasn't ready for startups yeah. as much earlier. There's some, but not. I wouldn't have been able to do what I did like even five years before. So first do it, do it, do it, start. If your gut is telling you go, go, go. Now, second is write down your idea. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'll use like the, the kind of marketing lingo, but write down your brand positioning, write down your idea. Um, so whether it's Revolution Her, or it's a real estate company, or it's, you know, a tech phone company, or it's a coffee company, write down your brand positioning. And, you know, we can, you know, we can kind of do it offline and I, I can kind of send a, a template. Um, Arlene um, Dickens, Dickinson with um, uh uh, Clubhouse or Dragon's Den or her yes. uh, ex, uh, incubator, it always kind of comes down to your pitch. So yeah. write down your pitch. Uh, there's lots of ways to get examples of the pitch, but it's the situation, therefore the problem that is there, situation yeah. problem. What is your idea, brand idea, and the, uh, articulate? My brand is the brand that will, and it's usually solve the problem that you just set up, yeah. the insight, yeah. the unmet need. So my mm-hmm. brand is the brand that will, and then write out what will my brand do? You mm-hmm. know, make you know, make better tasting coffee, make a better coffee cup, whatever it is, and then why? So problem, benefit, and why. And then you have the brand character, you know, will I be a fun brand? Will I be a serious brand? Will I be expensive brand premium Mm -hmm. discount? So, but write that down. Those words have to be written and then get help of a marketer a little bit to tighten them up because that becomes the most foundational articulation that you can do. Write down your pitch, write down what your brand is, because that is your guiding star. Then your product has to deliver on your brand. Your mm-hmm. PR has to deliver on your brand. Your digital, your website has to deliver on your brand. It makes Every that decision-making process yes. a bit easier, doesn't it? You come it? back. Yeah. Your culture yeah. has to then, it all kind of comes down to your articulation of your brand. So I'm probably going to spend, you know, the rest of my career kind of helping brands articulate their brand yeah. positioning tighter. The way to think about it with idea number two is you when you spend time on optimizing your brand and therefore your product positioning and product, two of the five P's Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to get the most ROI. When you launch, when you launch, you're spending money. Yeah. Yeah. Your two P's before you launch are about a multiplier effect. So that when you spend money, it's better. You get better return. So the more work and sweat you put prior to launching, the more you'll have a multiplier. So if your brand positioning is a five out of 10, say, I'm just using random scores, not research, you know, just, hey, if it's a five out of 10 idea, whether positioning or product, and you launch it, now you start spending money. After you launch, it's easy. You spend money. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to spend money for marketing. Hey, I'm going to spend money for um, a PR release. Hey, I'm going to spend money for an event. You're spending, oh, I'm going to spend money to get into stores. You're spending money. You're way better to try to optimize as much as you can before you spend money. Because if you have a five out of 10 idea and you spend $10 or $1,000, you're going to get certain revenue. If you have a nine out of 10 idea and you spend the same $1,000, guess what? You're going to have two times the ROI. Yeah, true. Right? It's that simple. It's really that simple. So that's like advice number two. And then advice number three is, um, you know, follow your pace. Like as a founder, you're going to know what you want to do. Like for me, I wanted to go speed and scale. So every Mm -hmm. brand deck and every decision came down to speed and scale because we wanted to be first to market. But follow your gut and your pace. 
You know, as a founder, you know a thousand times more than you think you know. We're all surrounded by hundreds of advisors. Follow your gut, follow your pace. If you're not sure about your decisions, you know, get get some some help and insight and figure mm-hmm. out the ways that work for you to help with your decisions, but come back to your gut in the end. Of the 20 founders that I'm, you know, closer to, i.e. we're on techs, the one common trait of all of them is their gut is incredible. And time and time again, they're following that inner, inner voice. Yeah, so th- yeah. those would be the three pieces of advice I, I would say to, and yeah. to, to start. I love it. I love it that you, we do just have to start. And it doesn't matter where we are in our life or what age we are or if we think we've missed the boat, if you don't start, then you, you you'll always wonder. I think, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, start, and there's yeah. your brand and your gut. Yeah. Love it. Three yeah. words. Oh, I love it. Now um, we do have some rapid fire questions for you. I know we're, we're getting close to our cutoff time, but I want to ask you one closing question um, from this round, because you've done so much fantastic work for advocacy. Um, you know, you support some incredible groups. Can you talk a little bit about getting to the point where you are in business, where you can give back and what that means to you? Well, again, for 30 years, I said, you know, when I'm 50, I'm going to start giving back again. I had some sort of mantra that I don't know where (laughs) it came from. And then I was getting to 50 and I couldn't give back. I was doing consulting. I was paying the bills. Like I I looked at going to work for charities and, you know, it like you're, you're taking Mm -hmm. a a cut in your salaries. And it it just wasn't there. Like it just wasn't there. And then boom, you know, when you start your own company, you can make decisions. And I'm, I'm lesbian. I, uh, I came out later in life when I realized that, you know, I wanted to be with a woman and mm-hmm. uh, it's really, really important for me, for my kids, you know, to, to kind of be authentic and to carry that voice. And, and, um, and I'm a female entrepreneur, which already, you know, we only get less than 2% yes. of the funding as female <laughs> entrepreneurs, female gay entrepreneurs, forget it. I think it's a rounding error. It's a decimal of a decimal. Um, in terms of funding. And, uh, you know, I was 50. So we are, unfortunately, facing ageism um, also. So, you know, I'm, I kind of want, I, it was very, very important for me to be like, uh, out and proud and kind of share the, my personal kind of side on, you know, putting myself out there on LinkedIn. And at first I was a bit hesitant, right? Like the first kind of year, like you wouldn't see it as much, but then I kind of realized that uh, the brand had a little bit bigger budgets and I had influence with the larger retailers. So my second year I made a statement, you know, next summer, Pride Month, I want every large retailer in Canada to have big, huge displays of Love Good Fats with the Love is Love theme and the Pride flag like plastered over. And Mm -hmm. we're going to raise 50,000, pick a number back then, like $50,000 for an LGBT charity. And I just made that statement a year before. And then I started in the fall, I got, you know, support from the team. And I, I went personally to all the buyers and I said, look, this is what I want to do next summer. Yeah. And it was a big, bold move, right? Because buyers yeah. in the summer, n- n- there's no, like there's pop and, you know, and, and, <laughs> and drinks, right. And yeah. in front of the stores. And I said, Nope, I want to go in June and July. And they were like, Oh, okay. We will support you. Every single retailer said, Incredible. it's awesome. 
That and then is COVID incredible. hit. So yeah, we yeah. still raised 50,000. COVID hit. We didn't get as many huge displays because they had masks yeah. and everyone was apologetic, right? Saying like it was the first summer of COVID. So, um, but it was incredible. Like it was really like that. And then I was like, okay, big companies, come on, you know, let's paint the front of the stores yeah. with, with the support that we share. Cause when you're little kids and you're walking in stores and you see yeah. the gay black flag everywhere, like yeah. it's normalizing it. Right. And yeah. you're celebrating your, your little friends and your, your siblings that are, that are, that are, that are, that are, that are um, LGBTQ plus. And it just, it's just making it a celebration. So yeah. I think we've I come that. a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you've, you've worked so hard to build a platform that you're now using to support others. And I just, yep. I wanted to make sure to shine a light on that. Cause I think it is Thank such you. incredible work you're doing. Um, and we're so proud to be able to support that as well. You know, we love the products that you make and to know that they also give back in a way is just such, it's a beautiful full circle yeah. moment. You truly are a powerhouse. Yeah. I just love everything about you and what you stand for and what you've accomplished. It's just mind blowing. The <laughs> fact that you are a hundred million in three years, like is just phenomenal. Like it's yeah. just, I'm so proud of you. We well, need to learn the clap track, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. if, you, if you, if you go back to my Instagram and my Facebook, you'll see that, uh, you know, by month five or six, we sold our first million dollars cumulative yeah. of revenue. We did a huge splash, you know, Lee, our creative director, we did this, you know, birthday cake and balloons. Yeah. And like, it was so, you know, back then I didn't like, the goal was to get to 2 million. Um, like if we exceeded 2 million in the second year, like we knew yeah. we would have a sustainable brand. Yeah. And by the second year, we were like at 80 million cumulative, oh I think 47 for the full year. Like it was insane. Like it yeah. was, we had some two months where we sold 7 million in the month. Yeah. Wow. So it was like those three years, four years were pinch me, pinch me, pinch me. Yeah. Um, Cause you just, you know, no one in their right mind would have set targets like that at the board and whatnot. We were able to scale cause we had all the checklists, but mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was definitely hyper growth. I think, uh, you know, you don't have to be hyper growth to be proud. Like if yeah. I start another company, I certainly will be happy. Uh, another brand, I would be happy to get 2 million by, you know, year two and five yeah. after that, like that's a successful brand in Canada. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. but we are definitely, uh, oh we definitely blew some, some, <laughs> some big, uh, you know, we smashed some big records. Uh, yeah. with Fest. I have so many questions for you, but I know that we are running out of time and I, we have to do a round two, I think, just to get yeah, you back do, on, just to, to, to get some of those questions. So um, we do have a rapid fire round and we just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. So I'm going to kick off with the first first question. Where is your favorite place in the world to be? Uh, Costa Rica. Ooh, love I, it. Lo- I fell in love yeah. with Costa Rica and I'm hoping that when I retire, I can spend way more time going there back and forth. Yes, we'll come visit you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What's one tradition you want to pass down to your children? Um, well, Christmas traditions. Oh. Have to keep uh, keep keep the Christmas traditions alive with the Christmas tree and the pretend Santa and <laughs> and all of the good food and the feast. Yeah, got to keep too. it special. <laughs> uh, what do you wish more women would do for themselves? 
make themselves a priority. Like we, yes. we're so giving to everybody and we put ourselves last again and again. I see it. I hear it. I've done it. Oh, try to kind of, you know, have the ability to kind of say no and say me more. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And just one last one in the quiet moments. Where does your mind wander to? I'm an, I'm an introvert. So I really need my quiet moments to re to re-energize. I usually go, I need it. So my walks, my runs, uh, I just go inside my head. Anyone who knows me will actually know I can live inside my head. I'm a little bit on the, uh, I'm on the spectrum with uh, uh, autism. So I certainly live in now it makes sense. I live in my head. Um, I really kind of go down to my gut and try to unpeel what's going on uh, in there when I'm, I'm rattled. So it'll really just start deep inside, like, okay, what's going on and kind of work my way back up to a very practical problem. Wow. So the feeling to the problem. I love living inside my head. <laughs> my partner sometimes like, oh my goodness gracious, you know, like, hello. <laughs> like, no, uh, let, me, let me go in my head to figure it out. <laughs> well, it, living in your head has worked quite a bit, I would say. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Before we wrap up, would you like to tell everyone where they can find more information on Love Good Fat? Yeah, for sure. Love Good Fats website is lovegoodfats.ca.com. Just type in .com. Uh, to find me personally, it's on LinkedIn. I answer all my DMs personally. That's me there. Um, stay tuned. Follow me on LinkedIn. Like there's lots of exciting things coming in the next 12 months. It'll all be posted on LinkedIn. Um, our Facebook is Love Good Fats. Our Instagram is Love Good Fats. Uh, we started a TikTok, but we're on hiatus now, right now. Maybe we'll come back. Um, but just, you know, <laughs> Follow the journey. We're easy to find and buy on Amazon, easy to find and buy in stores um, and stay tuned. Lots of exciting stuff coming with the brand. Love so. it. And go try one of the bars. Yes. Or yes. The so good. Yes. So good. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing so many incredible insights with our listeners today and for sharing parts of you. Every time I talk with you, uh, Grace as well, every time we meet up with you, we always learn something new and you always inspire us to keep yeah. pushing and doing more. So thank you. There we go. Thank you. Well, we're going <laughs> to meet up in person this spring or summer. Like we, yes, have yes. we got to figure something out and we'll try to get a big party with all like all, all, yes. all, all the entrepreneurs that we can get together. Um, I think your party is going to be in the fall, right? But yeah. yes. I don't know if we... Goodness, if we can meet up before, but I think do, that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. Virtual hugs. I'll, I'll send a let's let's talk offline and get something going with a bunch we of are us. We are in. To just get at a restaurant maybe, or and just kind of pull pull a, a bunch of us together to, uh, to hug and yeah. to share. Oh. It's been two crazy years. I know. No kidding. Been. Well, this was a it good start, and it's just so lovely to see you. And we'll definitely see you soon. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, yeah. If you know three women that you think would be inspired by Susie's story, please share this podcast. Don't forget to review and rate us and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.